Right, hey, what's up, everyone? It's uh, Sam here from Wall Street Mastermind. Uh, and uh, today I'm here with another client interview for you guys, uh, this time with our client, Shreeman, um, who recently uh, got his summer 2020 internship. Um, and so I wanted to get him on here to kind of talk about his experiences with recruiting and how everything went for him and, you know, share whatever advice he has for you guys. And so, uh, Shreeman, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we kind of dive in, let me just, uh, why don't we just kind of give everybody uh, an introduction of kind of who you are. So uh, I think you first came to us, what was it, like the beginning of sophomore year, like right at the very beginning, I want to say, like September maybe? Yeah, somewhere around that time. Okay, cool. And originally when you first came to us, obviously by the time you came to us, you wanted to do investment banking. But originally when you first got to college, you were actually on the pre-med track, right? Yeah, so um, I guess to kind of shed a little bit of light there, um, kind of throughout just like growing up and everything, um, pre-med or medicine has always kind of really been an interest. Like in high school, for example, um, I did research, I competed in science fairs, things like that. So I was definitely interested in the space, but I think it's as I was kind of getting closer to college, I had to really start thinking about whether medicine was for me. And to an extent, it kind of felt like I was on this program track. And for me, what that was, was that I knew that if I wasn't passionate enough, one, I don't think I'd be able to like survive like 10 years on that track. And two, even if I did, I didn't have confidence that I'd be able to be a good doctor or good whatever it is that I would be doing with that degree. Right. which uh, ultimately led me to consider other opportunities. And it was around that time, actually, that um, I talked to one of my uncles who uh, I knew worked in finance, but I didn't really know what he did. I wasn't necessarily asking for career advice, but we just happened to meet up at like, it was kind of like a family reunion. And um, we were just talking and that's when he kind of told me about like what he did on a daily basis. And for reference, he used to be an MD at a leading almost a boutique, I guess, investment bank. And, um, you know, that got me really interested to start. And from there, I took uh, initiative on my, on my own to really try and figure out what investment banking was, like what I could do, what opportunities it afforded. And I think that's what really kind of kept me going. Um, through kind of college apps, it really directed my focus on, you know, business schools, just really anything that would be able to get me to investment banking in the future. Got it. And, um, yeah, like honestly, I'd say like that's probably where my interest in, in uh, banking really started. So it actually started senior year of high school then. Yeah. So. Okay. So earlier than most people. Uh, wow. And then so you so then you got to college, and then your first year in college, like what were you doing? I assume you were kind of doing things to kind of work towards that goal. Yeah. So. Um, I guess my first year, I think a lot of it was just a huge like learning curve. Like I didn't really know how to like network or, um, you know, know how to answer technicals, things like that. I kind of just used things I found off of forums, tried to identify what seemed like best practices. I tried to like reach out to firms nearby things like that. Nothing was really working out. And I think the biggest thing with that was that I didn't really have like a toolkit. I didn't really know like how to like network. I didn't really know how to progress things forward. That, you know, I didn't really know how to land an offer, things like that. I think, so my freshman year was kind of spent really just trying to figure things out on my own. 
which uh, is is which kind of sucks because uh, I wouldn't say banking is necessarily like an intuitive field. Like I think that really like knowing what you what you need to do to get to where you want is just incredibly important, just given how competitive a field it is. Right. But um, you know, I ended up uh, so my parents actually happened to know uh, another family whose son was a VC. I uh, met him, met up with him, and uh, you know, we really hit it off and. That's kind of where I got my really first exposure, I guess, to finance in a VC my freshman year summer. And then it was around, I think, like the end of that internship that I first kind of came into touch with Sam. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, back then when I think we first met, just so just to kind of level set for the listeners a bit. But in terms of the type of candidate that you were on paper or, you know, kind of what your resume looked like, because that's the question that people always ask. is like, well, yeah, definitely. We already have, right? So I think uh, your GPA was what, like roughly? It was, it was like, it was like okay, but it wasn't like yeah. the best, right? Uh, yeah. so it was like mid threes, right? So like GPAs uh-huh. mid threes, and then uh, you were, I think, part of a like student organization on campus, like the the investment group, but kind of yeah. just uh, just a general member, not not like actually a super integral part of the investment team or anything like that yet. Right. Cause you were just a yep. freshman. Right. Um, and then what else? And it was like the end of freshman summer. And so actually what I thought was really interesting was, didn't you do like three different internships in one summer or something that summer? <laughs> yeah. So uh, kind of what happened was that like I interned with the VC firm, um, you know, it was a good experience for a while, but then what happened was, that um, the VC that I ended up meeting that helped me like get this intern, get that internship. He was actually a partner there that had been working pretty much part-time with the VC and then part-time with another startup that he was really interested with. Like they never, they didn't invest in that startup, but um, he was just super passionate about it. So he suggested that a good experience for me would be to kind of spend half my time at the VC and then half my time at the startup. To, re- to just really see both sides. And um, I ended up doing that. And then uh, what happened was then I actually ended up seeing something for PE open up on uh, Handshake, which was starting pretty much as soon as possible. And this was like almost like August, I think. And so I knew that like PE was definitely more so in the direction of like investment making. Like obviously I enjoyed my experience at the VC firm and at the startup, but I think I definitely need to like kind of guide my uh, kind of guide my focus in like a different way. Yeah. And uh, that's what kind of led me to reach out to uh, that PE shop. It was actually search fund specifically. Right. And so I ended up interviewing with them. Um, then I ended up getting the offer. And so at that point I kind of had to, so it was an in-person internship. And so I ended up flying back to California kind of like midway to like the midway through August. So it was like about two, three weeks before school started, okay. but I was still like helping out remotely with like the VC and like the startup as much as I could. Right. So for like about a, like three weeks, like a month, I was kind of juggling like three internships at once. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Cause the VC and BD internship that you did at the startup, those are back home um, right. in the Midwest. And then the search fund internship was uh, out in California. Right. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I mean, look, for those of you who uh, think you lack experience on your resume, I guess the key is to just do three internships in one summer and then you'll be set. 
<laughs> I'm definitely unlucky though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a pretty hard thing, but no, that, that's uh, that's impressive that you, that you uh, you pulled that off. And uh, I just remember I was like, yeah, wow, this guy works really hard. Um, and so, okay, so then you came to me coming into sophomore year. You have been starting to network, but you hadn't quite. I guess you had compiled a list of people that you wanted to network with, but you hadn't actually started networking. Is that right? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Cause like, I remember still like, I think he was doing our strategy call that like, I was definitely like one of those like freshmen slash sophomores that kind of come in. I'm just like, Oh yeah. You know, I already got my ground on like, you know, I'm my feet on the ground. I'm like networking, things like that. And I think I showed you like a list or, or told you maybe about a list of like, 30 bankers something like that because i thought that was a lot at the time you said 60 at the time i think oh was it 60 yeah my it's uh yeah it was a while back but um and so you know i thought that was a huge number and um that's kind of how i came in because i knew like obviously networking was important to invest in banking but like it's not even that i just didn't know how to do it it's not even it's just that even if i would even as i was doing it i didn't even know what i was doing wrong because i didn't really have kind of that extra eye yeah yeah, sure. So, like, I think I remember at that point you told me, like, yeah, I compiled a list of sixty bankers. Yeah, I, I want to talk that I want to talk to, but I'm not really sure, you know, which way to go from here. Like, from this point onwards, what do I talk to them about? And you know, I have some questions I want to ask them, but I, I, I'm not really sure how to really progress from that to ultimately what you're really after is getting an internship or an offer, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. So, and like, did you, so you say your uncle was used to be in banking, but he wasn't in banking anymore at the time or he was still in banking. Oh uh, no, actually he pretty much had, well, no, I think he was in banking up until then. He left kind of midway through my sophomore year first semester. Okay. So yeah, like, so he wasn't, he wasn't really able to help you then because he left. Yeah, I mean, like, he gave me, like, some people that to talk to, which were super helpful. But, like, again, the problem was, was that, like, even if I was networking, knowing how to convert that is just entirely different beast. Right, right. Because people, sometimes people think, oh, networking, I just, you know, go have some coffee chats and ask them, like, the same questions that I always ask. Like, oh, what is it like to be an investment banker? Or what do you like the most about your job? Or stuff like that. And then... And then they think that's what networking is. And you just keep doing that as many times as possible. Uh -huh. And hopefully, fingers crossed, one of these people that you ask these questions to will then want to help you, right? But right. In, in reality, it's there's so much more than that. And like, if you're just doing that, that's basically not going to really get you anywhere, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I call it burning empty calories. It's like you're doing a lot of work, but not really getting a whole lot to show for it. Right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So that was one thing that you were kind of struggling with. And then what else, I guess uh, you mentioned technicals were kind of uh, the other thing that you were kind of worried about. Yeah. So since given the PE like internships that I had had at that point, it was a search one. It wasn't necessarily, it was pretty much like a lot of BD type work um, with like some emphasis, I guess on technicals, like if you saw like Sims, but, Still, it was very much like more, um, it just it very much just didn't really involve like the technical aspect that you typically find in like other finance rules. 
So um, I didn't really have a background. I didn't really have like much to study from. Like I knew I had friends that kind of sent me over some guides, but um, really like, at least for me, I feel like just going reading through guides is not really the way that I feel like I learn. Mm. I think really having someone to kind of like work through these concepts and kind of just apply them and see how they kind of move as a whole. I think that was really the best way for me to learn. And so I think that at that point, I didn't really have that, which is why I felt like technicals uh, was my weakest kind of aspect. Okay. And so, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And that's very common. Like most of the students that when they first come to Wall Street Mastermind, oftentimes people feel like technicals are their weakest point, right? Because yeah. usually it's pretty early on. You might be a freshman or a sophomore maybe, and you haven't really taken any accounting or finance courses in school, or even if you had taken an accounting or finance course, uh, finance courses in school, it's not like those courses are just tailored towards investment banking interviews, right? Like some of the theory that you learn in those classes apply, but they're not going to call it out for you and say, by the way, this is something you're going to get tested on in interviews. Like do that. Right. And so, um, so, okay. So people struggle with technicals all the time and you're, you're a part of that group. Definitely. Uh, on the behavioral side, how did you feel back then about your behaviorals? I thought I was honestly doing all right. Like considering that pretty much like the VC position, um, the startup and also like the PE, like a lot of my interviews are pretty much like just behavioral, just to kind of get to know me. Yeah. Um, they weren't, I don't think they were anything as structured as like, you know, banking behaviorals, but like, that's kind of what I had in mind as like, you know, what behaviorals would be like, which is why I definitely felt a little bit better considering that I thought I had real experience with behaviorals. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, again, very similar, very common, which is most people when they first come in, they're really worried about the technicals on the behavioral side. They're not as worried because they've had other interviews up to that point, not investment banking interviews necessarily, but they've had other interviews, maybe for other internships that they've done or for clubs that they've joined on campus. And those interviews are mostly behavioral. And because they got those jobs, they feel like they're probably pretty okay there. Right. And so that was the case with you as well. Right. Uh -huh. Cool. So, okay. We could put a pin in that and we'll come back and talk about that later. Um, so then you came to us because, okay, there were some things that you felt like you needed help with. But before we even talk about that, like, what made you want to do banking? Like, obviously, yes, you talked to your uncle about it. But, like, what about banking uh, really piqued your interest, I guess? Or, like, what was your motivation? Yeah, so um, for me, I kind of, like, as I was learning more about banking, I'm not going to lie. I think, like, I definitely was, like, a senior in high school. I was very just, like, oh, wow, it's such a prestigious field to kind of work in. Like, it would be really cool if I could do that. And, you know, I feel like everyone does have that kind of phase. But I think that as I kind of learned more and more about the field, I think what really interested me the most was, one, the fact that you have such a steep learning curve. You're working with different kinds of companies, like, every single day. And uh, I guess the best way that I can put how that works is that, to me, kind of working with each and every company is like telling the story of all these different companies. And as I'm interested kind of in technology, like essentially these companies are doing very innovative things, very new things. And so it kind of being able to tell the story of that company to like buyers or potential investors, I think is just a really fascinating way to learn about new things that I'd never learned about. And so that kind of learning curve was definitely a very big part of banking for me. 
Um, and on top of that, really the exit opportunities are pretty unparalleled to any job that you'll get out of undergraduate. Like I'm sure there's some that like compare, but like really like I think it gives you kind of like a brand name, strong experience, and then really just a launch pad to really figure out, I guess, what it is that you want to do beyond that. And that may also be like staying in banking. So I think it was really both two points for me. Right. I don't know if there's another career path that really compares that sex opportunities actually, or at least I can't really think of any, but like, so what were, what were some of the exit opportunities that you were maybe eyeing? Like, not that you knew for sure you want to do it, but that you were actually keeping your eyes on. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think the real big one for like everyone is always really PE. Uh Um, I was definitely interested in private equity considering I'd been working with the search fund and luckily like as I was kind of progressing through that internship, I kind of got more responsibilities on the more technical aspect of like working on deals. Yeah. And so I found that to be like a really interesting process, like through and through, like whether it be like, you know, building out models, like assessing like market, assessing market drivers, like just the whole kind of nine yards. Like I thought it was super interesting. But um, now that I've kind of like done a banking trip this past summer, it's a very different perspective that you kind of take as like a P investor, which obviously there's kind of more caveats to, but like I thought, that learning kind of from the frame of an investor is something that just be a natural progression beyond banking. Yep. And it's something that I really enjoyed doing. So I think that as of now, like I think PE is probably even what back then was probably the opportunity that I'd considered to be like kind of next in line after banking. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, I mean, if you want to do something like private equity or venture capital, like the the most, I don't, it might even be the, I would say for all intents and purposes, the only way into that is really to go through banking first. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that, that's kind of what made this really important. And so what were you, obviously you had what your entire freshman year uh-huh. uh, plus the summer after, plus I guess maybe even a little bit of your senior year of high school. Uh, what were you doing? What were you using to kind of prepare for investment banking recruiting during that time? Because at that time you hadn't joined Wall Street, well, Wall Street Mastermind yet, right? Right. Yeah. So what else were you using before Wall Street Mastermind just to like kind of learn the things you needed to learn? Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of a mixed basket. Um, for one, I may have touched on this, but like there were certain guides like that kind of upperclassmen have sent me upperclassmen that have gone into banking Uh that I was kind of like trying to be in contact with just trying to really understand like what got them to where they are, whether it be like interview prep or like networking, things like that. Um, So that was definitely like, you know, one source of kind of help for me freshman year on top of that, like kind of the guys that they sent me to just get me familiar with some of the technicals that come with banking. Which guides, uh, which guys were those? Uh, The breaking into wall street. Okay. So pretty, pretty common, popular guy that a lot of people. Yep. Then, uh, kind of then on top of that, there was also people from, this wasn't so much my freshman year, but like people at my uh, PE internship, specifically like the managing partner. Um, he went to Haas, he, uh, or Haas for his MBA. And so he knew a lot of people kind of in the West coast and, um, primarily West coast. And as I was interested in technology investment making, that was definitely like an area of interest for me. So, he definitely gave me a lot more like industry specific kind of insight mm. and um, just kind of really just gave me some connections that I could talk to just to get a better feel for kind of what banking is and like what it took for those people to kind of like get into banking as well. 
So, uh, yeah, like that. And I think it was, I think it was really, um, like wash your oasis. It's kind of sad to say now that I think about it, but, uh, I think like that definitely has, a uh, has kind of added to like my freshman year. I think I, I definitely feel like I've learned a lot. Don't know what, or especially back then, definitely didn't know what was useful and what wasn't, but, uh, I, I did read it pretty actively, so. Yeah, you probably read it, like, every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, did you set it as your homepage? <laughs> I know people, I literally know people who said, well, she always is. For real, okay. Um, wow. No, I'm going to set it as my homepage, but I'd always have, like, a tab open on my phone just, like, for new things as they kind of came up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah definitely not going to hide that, but. um. <laughs> but, like. <laughs> Well, no, that's interesting because I'm sure a lot of our listeners actually do exactly that, right? But so when you say in hindsight, it's kind of sad. Like, what do you mean by that? It's just like, see, like when you're, when someone's just thrown at you, especially when you don't know exactly what you're doing or how to navigate through any of that, the problem is that you're just going to take what seems like best practice to you, which is generally not a good idea because like, how in the world do you know, like, what's good or like what's the right way to approach things mm. like you don't you just kind of like take what sounds right mm. from arguably like a bunch of other kids that are probably like 20 years old have either are recruiting for like so they're summer analysts or have probably done a summer something like that like right. very few full-time people or like full-time like analysts or like whoever just in finance are actually going to be on that site making a lot of those comments making a lot of those posts so in hindsight it's it definitely was not the best source right, for right. really like being serious about getting into banking yeah i mean it's kind of crazy because i mean wall street has been around for a long time right i think yeah it started around back when i was in college and when i was recruiting for investment banking and i know that i read wall street oasis all the time too uh-huh. um, as a college student and it's just become kind of like this industry standard, I guess, where everybody goes. And um, I think if I were being totally fair about it, sometimes, you know, you find a post here and there that's like really helpful. Yeah, of course. Um, But the vast majority of the posts on there, honestly, just aren't that helpful. Uh (laughs) Because uh, like you said, well, one, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people who, are chiming in and giving their opinion on whether you should do things this way or that way or whatever. And different people have different opinions and you don't really know who's credible and who's not, who's right, who's wrong. Uh, a lot of these people are just college students, just like yourself. They might not even be ahead of you. Um, and, but they like to, you know, some college students are total keyboard warriors where it makes them feel good to like give other people advice, even if they're not really qualified to do it. Right. Um, and that's actually, it's kind of a dangerous thing because I know a lot of kids who, you know, take what they read on Wall Street Oasis, on Wall Street Oasis as religion, right? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, with investment bank recruiting, it's like, you kind of, you have one shot at getting this right. You know, you kind of, you have to get that summer internship, right? Or otherwise full time is going to be damn near impossible and oh yeah if you follow the wrong advice when you're taking that one shot like that could be it you know yeah. uh, 
And now, like now, if you want to get in, maybe you have to go back to business school. You got to wait like multiple years. You got to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go back to school. And it's just, it's a very costly mistake. Right. And so I think, uh, yeah, it's one thing that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, be careful who you get your advice from, right? Like you got to know who they are. What are their credentials? Like, are they qualified to help you? Do they have your best interests at heart? I mean, not saying that people actually do this, but a lot of people that are giving advice on these forums are actually people you're competing with. Like, yeah. what it, what what incentive do they have to actually? I don't know. Like, give you the best advice and tell you everything you need to know to beat them out for the same job that they want. Uh huh. Probably not not a whole lot, right? So, um. Okay, so you were using the Breaking the Wall Street guys. You're using Wall Street Oasis forums. Uh, you're talking to your managing partner at your PE internship. Probably talking a little bit to your uncle who used to who used to be a banker. I'm guessing. Right. Um, and so that was pretty much it, right? Uh huh. Okay. So then, like, you had these resources already at your disposal, and you're kind of doing. It sounds like all the same things that everyone else was doing already, right? Yeah. And so like what made you want to kind of get even more help through Wall Street Mastermind? Well, I mean, there's like what 1% that kind of makes into banking, right? Right. So it's like everyone does the same thing. Like, how are you any different? Mm. That was my thing. Um, so it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily looking for like anything else. It just happened to pop up in my feed one day. Mm. Like there was like a sponsored ad from like Wall Street Mastermind and like Facebook or something. Yeah. And I decided to check it out. Um, it seemed interesting. And uh, kind of like as I was going through the presentation, and forgive me, it's been a while, but uh, it really did break down like a lot of the things that like I'd kind of heard about. But I feel like more than anything, it's, it seemed like kind of like scratching the surface, like a bigger framework that was that has actually been successful. Like as I kind of like, it was like an hour long, right? Yeah. And so as I kind of like listened to it, like kind of watched how uh, at least Sam was kind of presenting that like investment banking should be approached. Uh, that was super helpful and super approachable as well, which uh, caused me to like reach out to him. Cause I know in the past, like I've looked at like other sites. Um, I know like murders and inquisitions, things like that. But I feel like that those kinds of sites generally lack that kind of like personal element. Like you don't really know who you're working with, like in all honesty. And so I never really like, tried to sign up for any of those programs or really reach out. Right. Uh, I definitely thought that presentation that Sam kind of offered was really awesome. I thought that it could be at the start of like something a lot better. Right. We reached out in the first place. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point, which is a lot of these resources that are out there right now in the, I guess, investment banking recruiting prep industry, if you want to call yeah. it that. <laughs> it's its own industry now, I guess, or I'm making it one. But, um, a lot of the resources that are out there that are available to the candidates, you don't really know who you're working with, or actually like, it's probably more accurate to say like most of the time you're not working with anyone period. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's mostly a DIY approach, right? Like right. here's a PDF file with, uh-huh. with 400 questions and answers. Just read this and you'll be good. Right. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Everybody else, by the way, is reading the same questions and answers. And you guys should all answer the questions the exact same way, right? Or, but like, you know, you never actually talk to like an actual human being. Or, Uh 
like here, pay 500 bucks for this financial modeling course and just watch this guy move his, like move around on an Excel spreadsheet on your screen and type in a bunch of Excel functions and just follow along or try to replicate what he's doing when you don't really understand why he's doing what he's doing. And you also don't, but it's just kind of like monkey see monkey do. And you're not, you're spending a lot of time, no doubt, you know, you're working hard, but you're not really getting like what you need out of that, right? You're not really learning what you need to learn, right? Which is kind of, just kind of crazy. And I think the reason why that model is so popular, I guess, or so common is that one, it was popular for the companies because it's almost like passive income for them, right? Like they make these guides one time, maybe they make minor updates once a year or they record these videos one time, financial modeling courses, and then they could sell it to everybody as many times as possible and they never have to talk to you. So it's almost like no work on their their part, right? which is great for them, but it's not really great for you as a candidate, right? Yeah. Um, but then on the candidate's part, I guess it's popular because one, it's just, that's where everybody is doing and people have a herd mentality. It was like, oh, well, if everyone's doing this and I guess I, I should just do the same things, right? When in reality, it's probably for something that's so competitive where only you know one out of 100 people are getting these jobs, you probably want to zig when everybody else is zagging, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is like the other reason why I feel like it's so popular with the candidates is, Hey, the flip side of this being, you know, passive income for them is that they tend to sell it for very cheap, right? Like, Oh, buy our interview guide for 200 bucks or like pay for our financial modeling course for 400 bucks, 500 bucks. And then this is the secret to you getting a job in investment banking, right? Yeah. Um, and then when you really think about it, it's like, let's just think about this for a second. Okay. We're talking about getting a job that only 1% or less of people are going to get talking about getting a job that's going to pay you what? $125,000 on average, right out of college, right? Versus the average college grad in the United States is currently making around $50,000 starting out. Right? So you're telling me that if everybody just pays 200 bucks or 500 bucks for one of these, you know, DIY interview guides or financial mind courses, that's going to guarantee that you're going to get this job that pays you two and a half to three times starting out. Like why isn't everyone getting into investment banking already? Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's literally like, <laughs> it's literally like too good to be true. Right. It's like, if something yeah. sounds too good to be true, you probably have to ask yourself, like, what's the catch? Oh, because it is to be true, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so that's the thing that most people don't understand. It's like, it's scary to buck the trend. It's scary to like be different and do something that other people aren't necessarily doing, you know, or get help that other people aren't necessarily getting. And it's just like, well, everybody else is doing it this way, so I'm going to do it this way too. Yeah, you could be a follower, but like the chances are – you're going to end up like the 99% of the people that don't get jobs 
as opposed to the 1% of people that do get jobs, right? Just like probability wise, it's more likely, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's cool that, that, that you kind of uh, understood that though, um, because I know a lot of people actually don't. So, uh, so then like you got into Wall Street Mastermind yep. and, and like, can you just kind of talk about your experience in there a little bit? Like, what did we do together? Like, what did you find? Like, what do we help you with? What did you feel like? Uh, what were the most helpful parts of the program for you, I guess? For sure. Um, so I think it kind of really starts off with first kind of like looking over your resume. And I think the biggest thing that kind of was, was I wasn't really sure about was really just kind of like one, how to like pitch my or frame my experiences. And I think that that was like a really huge lift for me as I kind of saw how that transformed over like the first week too. Um, as I kind of read it, like it almost felt like I was a different person entirely. Mm. And I think that was, that was really big for me. Cause like, I think that it definitely was able to better highlight why I'd be a good fit for things like banking. Like, honestly, I even kind of believed it after reading like that, read that like kind of first turn of like the resume. So there was definitely that. Um, and then kind of like following that. Wow. Hold on. So I want to, I want to stop you there for a second. So you're yeah. saying that, yes, we redid your resume, right? Because we, we, uh-huh. That's one of the first things that we do for all of our clients, right? Yeah. But coming in, I mean, you probably you probably you have probably already put in a lot of work to your resume already, right? Because you've done multiple internships, you've had to apply to all these different jobs and whatever. So, did you think that your resume could change that much, or? No, in all honesty, like I didn't. But I think that a lot of that was just like, I think that I was trying to summarize everything way more than I probably needed to. Like, I feel like it didn't really give me the luxury of like trying to highlight like what kind of skills or what kind of things that I've done that would be useful. But like, the thing is like, I was a freshman. I didn't really know like what I should even put on there, even if I were to take that liberty. So. Right. So you had like found some templates and then you just kind of like took your best crack at filling it out. Yeah. And that's what you have been using. But there was just a lot of, there were a lot of things that could have been better or improvements that could have been made that you just didn't know about. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, but you're saying that psychologically, like it's more than just, oh, we made the resume look better. Are you? Are you you're. I think what you're saying is that psychologically, actually made you feel like a different candidate. Like, it made you feel more confident about yourself. Yeah, that's definitely what I was getting at. Because um, it definitely made me more confident. But uh, I think that as I kind of like learned how you made changes to it, I think it gave me a better understanding of the kind of skill set that banking would require and like how. I'm like, I guess meeting more of that skill set than I originally imagined. Mm, I see. So that's powerful, right? Because then that's like a, that's like a shift that you made internally. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, which then probably trickled down to all other aspects of recruiting. Like even as you go out and you network with people and you uh-huh. send your resume or as you apply to jobs or as you sit in front of an interviewer, and they have your resume in front of them, like you just feel more confident, period. Right. Yeah, like that, that was definitely it. Wow, that's amazing, man. Okay, cool. So the resume definitely helped a lot. Like what else did we work on? So yeah, then uh, kind of after that, like really kind of digging into my behaviorals, like that was kind of where I was transitioning from that phase where I thought my technicals were more like kind of my worst aspect. I started to realize just, exactly how bad my behaviorals were 
and uh, in a good way, of course. And I think that, so like really starting to work on that and kind of really trying to figure out how to answer those behavioral questions. Because honestly, those are the real differentiators between yeah. candidates. Like, you know, anyone can like, I don't know, find like the questions off of like, or like remember questions off of like a what, a 400 question guide and just like spit out answers. But like, I think it's like your experiences that really make a difference mm. and will differentiate you. So that was definitely really big for me. And I think that, this is kind of more like later on down the road. Like it was, it wasn't just like a one-time thing too. It was like, it was a process that was kind of stretched over like months. Mm. Like it wasn't just like a one-time, like, all right, your, your behaviorals are good. And like, that's it. Mm. So um, that I think honestly was the biggest thing for me, but it was definitely over time, like even beyond like the time that I was in the program uh, originally. Mm. So uh, there was definitely that. Um, and then also I think that, and as I was like kind of touching on before with my technicals, it was really useful to kind of have that, that kind of person to really kind of walk you through exactly what these guys are talking about conceptually. Because for me, like I, I knew that I was never a person that would just like, that would learn best when just like reading through a guide and just kind of like memorizing what I, what I heard. I really wanted to understand exactly like how all these things connected. And I think that having Sam kind of explain that, through his videos was really useful for me because it kind of gave me more of like, I guess to, to put it in the best way, it's just like now kind of when I think about like clients, like, like modeling and things like that, I kind of imagine the parts kind of moving in my head rather than just trying to remember like what I saw on a sheet of paper. Mm. So it was definitely like very different. And so that was definitely something that like, I think also really helped me like understand my technicals yeah. at a deeper level. Got it. So you talked about two different things there. You talked about uh, behaviorals. You talked about technicals. On the behavioral side, it's interesting because, again, going back to what we said at the beginning of this interview, coming into Wall Street Mastermind, you felt like your behaviorals were pretty good already, right? Because yeah. you, had, you had done these other interviews and, you know, they went well, you got the job. Um, but then you once we actually started going through it you realized that they're actually they actually could be a lot better is that is that kind of what you're saying yeah definitely like i think like what i imagined behaviorals to be before was kind of just like they kind of just asked me to tell me about myself like what my experiences were and they kind of asked questions like here and there but they weren't kind of like the structured banking behaviorals that you kind of hear like i don't know it's about a time that you've done xyz like things yeah. like that it, it, I never really had to go through that kind of process. Yeah. So it's kind of a different take on it. Yeah. This is the thing is that, you know, and, and I, I bring this up because a lot of students are basically exactly where you were back when you first joined is that they always underestimate kind of the amount of work that has to go into behaviorals, right? Like if I ask 10 people how comfortable they are with the behaviorals, like nine out of 10 people will tell me that they're, they're pretty good on behaviorals. They don't need help with behaviorals. Like, <laughs> just cause I talk to a lot of students, right? Yeah. Uh, usually if those students don't join the program, once we actually work on their behaviorals, they always, say, Oh wow, actually I didn't need help with the behaviorals. Right. So it's just like similar to what you said about, you know, your resume and like, you know, you were kind of already putting your best foot forward before you had a template and you filled it out. It's a case of just, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that's, 
that's actually the most dangerous when you don't know what you don't know. Because if you don't know like what needs to be fixed and you think that everything's good, then you're not going to fix those things. Right. Yep. Um, and I think like the challenge with behaviorals is that technicals, I mean, you know, it's pass fail, right? You either know the answer or you don't. Right. With the behaviorals, the, the, the way I describe it is you're being graded on a curve, right? That's really what it is. Cause it's not like, Oh, if you say these phrases or these words in this order, then that's going to be a good answer, right? Like there's no such thing. Right. And so, but you're being graded on a curve relative to the rest of the candidate pool and what they're saying for their behaviorals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so most people, when everybody feels like they're pretty good with behaviorals, well, somebody's got to be wrong because we're being graded on a curve, right? Uh-huh. So the first thing is that most people don't even realize, they don't know precisely where they are on that curve. Uh-huh. And that's the first challenge. And the second challenge is like, because you don't know what other people are saying, you only know what you're saying. Right. right? So you need someone who actually has a lot of experience interviewing other candidates and seeing everybody else's answers to tell you if your answers are actually better than other people's answers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On and then if right. your answers are not better than other people's answers, chances are some or all of your answers will not be good enough. Uh-huh. And the second challenge is how do you make it better? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, because if you came into Wall Street Mastermind and you already had the answers that you had that, you know, help you get your previous internships. And I looked at it and I said, Shreeman, you, you, these could be a lot better. Go make them better. And I just, uh-huh. and I just asked you to go do it. Like, what would you do? Like, what would you actually change about those answers? Probably not much. Right. Right. Because you don't know. Like, they, these, are, these are my answers for a reason because I think they're pretty good. I came up with them myself. And so you can't be the one to diagnose yourself. Like if you get, if you get sick, you're going to go to the doctor. You're not going to sit at home and be like, Oh, let me see. Like, this is what's wrong with me. And then like write yourself a description, right? It doesn't work like that. You're not going to see those things. We're like your, your English professor is not going to ask you to grade your own essay. Right. So that's kind of like what people are doing. Yeah. Which when you really think about it is kind of absurd, right? No, it's completely fair. Um, so that's like on the behavioral side. And so it's interesting because, and we'll talk about technicals too, but ultimately by the end of the program, like technicals weren't the thing that was like kind of the make or break for you, right? Like ultimately when you got the offer, it actually was the behaviorals, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's funny cause like the uh, bank that I ended up eventually signing with, uh, even my super day, first rounds, like everything, I was only asked two technical questions the entire time. Mm. Everything else was behavioral. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that you don't understand. It's like when I say behaviors are really, really important, possibly more important than the technicals. Um, that's like, I guess that's kind of against, uh, uh, goes against, uh, against the grain of like most people believe that technical is the most important. Um, but they've also been told that because like most of the companies out there that are helping with recruiting prep, they make money off of selling stuff that helps you with the technicals. 
Yeah, definitely. And so everyone's like, oh, I got I to gotta say technical. I said, I got to like take financial modeling courses and whatever. It's like, you don't need any of that. <laughs> you don't need financial modeling courses, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so on the technical side then, like obviously you came in having a lot of trouble. And then so the thing you mentioned is that, hey, having these videos, having, having me kind of like walk you through these concepts and teach it to you made a big difference as opposed to just you reading it on a page. Yeah. Cause you, you, you're actually like applying this knowledge. So like, why do you think it's different just like reading something on your own and like an interview guy versus like having someone actually teach it to you? Like what's the difference though? I guess I like to think about it as like learning three dimensionally versus learning, learning two dimensionally. Mm-hmm. Like kind of, I was, I was trying to touch on this, but like, for example, like, you know, when you're working on questions involving these three statements, I guess now I've, how I've started to think about it more so was kind of, I would imagine how the things actually move in my mind, uh-huh. like you know, where changes are being made. But then like when you're reading from like a piece of paper and you're just memorizing it, like you're not going to have that. I feel like flexibility, at least for me, like I knew I wouldn't have that kind of like flexibility in my thinking. And two, like they're not going to ask you questions that are straight from the guides because chances are like they probably read it at some point themselves. Right. They're going to ask you things that are kind of spins on that maybe like entirely different questions as well. So learning how to apply it is incredibly important. And like, I think like that really hit, especially like early on, like with one of the, uh, one of the firms that I interviewed with, when they asked me about a concept that I didn't really know, yeah, I was able to actually like get it right because I kind of just thought about it how I normally would, yeah. um, you know, and I looked for similar types of like line items. Yeah. And use that and applied that to guess my way through that question. So right. and I ended up getting right, but like I think it's really that kind of thinking that enables that. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think uh 3D thinking versus 2D thinking. I love that. I've never heard that one before, but I, I think I might steal that from you. Um <laughs> but uh you know the way I tell people is I was like there's basic understanding which is just like when people read it on a on a page they feel like it makes sense to them it's like oh yeah i get this i'm reading it it makes sense to me this is how dcf works or whatever right then like second that's where most people start and then the second level is like cognitive understanding which means like not only do they feel like they understand when they read on page but they memorized it right this is where most people stop is that oh i got the 400 questions i'm going to memorize all the answers in here front to back right Uh And it's like, okay, that's great. Now you've memorized that. And so if, as long as they ask you one of these 400 questions that you memorize exactly the way you memorized it, you're going to be able to get the right answer, right? Yeah. Problem is, all the interviewers know that everybody's reading the same two or three guys that are out there. Oh, Breaking the Wall Street, 400 questions, Wall Street Oasis, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and so they're not going to ask, they're not going to ask every single candidate the same questions that everyone's already memorized because what information does it actually give them? Like how, how does that even help them determine who the good candidates from the bad candidates? It doesn't. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So in the interview, they're almost, they're always going to switch things up, change the numbers, change the assumptions, disguise the question a little bit, ask you a different variation, test you the same concepts, but just in like a slightly more difficult way to see if you actually understand what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And so the level that you're talking about is like the third level, which I call like physical mastery or like it's application knowledge, right? Right. It's like memorizing the stuff. And so you know how to apply this knowledge to different situations. 
which is what you're actually going to have to do on the job. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so it's hard to get to that third level just by reading stuff on your own, because you need someone who's more of an expert already and has already connected all the dots themselves and they understand it. And they're good at teaching it to you because not all experts are actually good teachers. Right. Right. We need uh-huh. like sometimes you have good professors, sometimes you have bad professors. Like all of your professors are probably experts in their field, but some of them are really good at teaching you, and others are not. Right, so you need not only good at what 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 this uh, subject matter is, but you need them to be good teachers so that they can help you become really well versed and help you get to the level that they're at, and help you connect all the dots that you don't currently see on your own. Right. And then like the way that you know whether you actually truly understand this stuff is if you're able to teach this stuff to someone else. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And most people never get there. Right. And so obviously you got there, uh, which is great, which is why you have a job. <laughs> and so, okay, so we worked on all those things and then um, – I think the last thing that we did too is like you, like during your time in Wall Street Mastermind, even after Wall Street Mastermind, like you continue to try to like beef up your resume, continue to get more relevant experiences, apply to like other boutique investment banks that you international investor and things like that too, right? Um, yeah. Got it. And, and, and like what kind of help do we give you on, on that front? Yeah. So um, actually like my sophomore year internship, I interned at a boutique investment bank and um there was like four rounds, I think. So basically pretty much all the same stuff. It was like relatively structured, even for boutique. So really like everything I'd kind of gone through with Sam, like behaviorals, technicals, like they were kind of like uh, talked about like in those first two rounds. And the third round was actually a case study. And uh, it was in that case study that like, if I remember right, it was like putting together like a comp set or something like that and then doing a DCF. And, uh, precedent, I think it was like precedent transactions, right? Yeah. yeah, that, that's what it was. And so it was during that, like that really it was trying to identify like kind of which companies to leave and leave out. I think they actually already gave me like uh, precedent transactions. And I guess a couple of the suggestions that Sam kind of gave me as to like identify like which kind of companies were most valuable in that analysis really were ended up being the ones that actually differentiated me in the first round because like first like first like what five minutes something like that of the final round when they were like kind of walking me through the case study and asking me about different things they were they literally told me that I was the only one that had done like any of those things and like and they were good things of course right and ultimately like that's what really differentiated me from like the other candidates they'd given case studies to right ultimately why I ended up getting the offer so automatically like just even getting that sophomore internship like I, Sam definitely played a huge role uh, in that as well. Were you the only person that got hired? Uh, no, I wasn't the only person. Um, I think in that round, I was one of two people. Okay. Uh, so there were two spots and you got one of the two. Yeah. And like the others were like, you know, super well connected. Like they, they were, um, I think they knew like the managing partner or something like that, or they're like parents or family friends. I see. Okay. So, I mean, that, wasn't, that wasn't really a fair fight, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, okay. So this is like a perfect example of like application knowledge, right? Which is this firm, even though it's just like a boutique, soft, boutique investment bank, software, some internship, like they, 
they weren't even just asking you, oh, how do you do comps? How do you do pressure transactions? How do you do DCS? They actually had you do a real life case. Yeah. Doing these analyses, showing them you can actually do it. And then you probably haven't, didn't have that much experience doing this kind of stuff. And so Not the- going through it together and me pointing out how bankers usually do these analyses, you were able to kind of do certain things to your analyses that nobody else knew they should have done. Right. And then that made you stand out. And that also probably the process of doing that though, also enhanced your own understanding of how these technicals actually work and how they get applied to real world situations. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, like it's been a fantastic experience as well. Like kind of the experience that you kind of gain on the ground is very different from like learning about it kind of from the outside. So I'd say like that honestly played a huge role in yeah. the offer that I eventually got uh, in the future as well. Cause obviously it'll ask you about your experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. So I guess uh, we will uh, stop with the suspense, but we still haven't told people uh, what was the offer that you ended up getting? Like, where are you going to be interning next summer? So yeah, I'll be at a uh, leading middle market um, this summer. Uh, I ended up signing like mid August. Okay. Cool, man. And like, just so people know too, you signed with this leading middle market. Um, when you did that, you were actually still in the process with several other elite boutiques as well, right? But yeah. timing is such that the timing of recruiting is annoying where you don't really get to hold out and shop your offers around. And even if there were other firms that may have been, you know, your top choice or whatever, if they move too slowly, sometimes you just have to take the offer that you're given. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of how it is though these days. Like it's kind of just a war for talent, right? Like all banks just want to keep like people that they've, that they found to be like, have found to have like potential, I guess, in banking. They want to make sure that you sign with them, right? So ultimately, I did have to end up, I did end up having to turn down, I think, two interviews yeah. with EVs. Yeah. So that was, but like, I do, like, I did really like the people that I talked to with my firm. So honestly, like, no regrets on at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, you're going to a great place. Like, there's no, uh, I mean, anybody would be thrilled to be. To, to end up in your situation, right? Um, and I think, but, you know, the point that I'm making is just that uh, you had options, right? It's good to have options. Um, it's good to have options. It's good to have multiple firms want you. Obviously, ultimately, in the end, you're only going to end up with one firm. Right. Like, a lot of people, like, they can't even get one interview or one offer, right? Um, in reality, if you had if you had all the time in the world to continue going through the process, you, you're one of those candidates that I felt I would have gotten multiple offers, right? Um, so that's really a testament to, you know, your hard work and all the effort you put into this process. And obviously, you've been grinding on this for, at this point, I guess, two full years, right? And that's yeah. like, it's really a journey to get to where you are now. And obviously, we're still the journey's just starting. It's not, it's not over. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to go do the internship and get the full-time offer and then, right. and then start your career from there. But, um, but you're in a really good spot now, right? Um, you're in that top 1% of the people who actually have a shot at doing this. So that's amazing. So huge yeah, congrats to you. Um, Thank you. 
I guess any last minute advice for, uh, you know, these other students that are listening right now, like in terms of, you know, what you wish you had known back then or what you think they will want to know as they're going through this process themselves? Um, I guess kind of really two things. Like for one, I know Sam kind of touched on this before, but it's like, really, if you don't, you can never know what you don't know. Right. So like with so much out there with like banking, like in, you know, whether it be like Wall Street Oasis, or just upperclassmen, things like that, whoever you like, I've talked to about this, wherever you're kind of gaining your information, like you're never going to know if that's going to work for you or if that's the way that really like will be the best way for you. Like, sure, you know, it might happen sometimes, but like for such a, for such like, you know, for your junior summer with such small margin for error, like, do you really want to risk it though? Right. I think that was really big. It played a big factor in my decision to like work with Sam. Yeah. And then like two on top of that, it was interesting because I think Sam did like a thought of the day on this. Um, it was about like about interview prep, right? So, and he I think he said something along the lines of like people that are that end up like getting the best offers are the ones that prep the best early on or like more just ready to go from the start. And I think that's definitely something that's like. I've come to realize kind of going through the process with like various firms of like all different types that really people that were ready from like day one were the ones that really were able to like, you know, secure multiple offers, leverage those and eventually get to where they wanted to be. And so I think that that's definitely a very valuable thing to have. And so even if you're a freshman, um, even if you, I don't know, even if I, I think I've seen some seniors or something like that. Yeah. As well. Like, you know, getting that head start is invaluable. You mean high school seniors? Yeah, yeah, high school seniors. Yeah. 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 So, yeah that, that, that's a great point that you make is that, you know, I always tell people um, you have a limited amount of time to prepare, right? Like in this day and age, summer recruiting for your junior summer internship starts during the second semester of your sophomore year. Yeah. And so for all intents and purposes, if like most people don't start in high school, but let's say you start – once you get to college, at most, you have maybe like a year and a half, like your first three semesters and the summer in bet between your freshman and sophomore year, right? And that's uh -huh. assuming that you know you want to do investment banking as soon as you get to college, which was the case for you, but it's not the case for most people, right? Most people come into college, they've never heard of investment banking before. They didn't have an uncle who could tell them about it. Yeah. They might not discover banking until halfway through freshman year or sometimes even sophomore year or maybe even later. Uh -huh. But the point is just like, the things that you need to accomplish, the things that you need to do, it's the same no matter who you are, right? As far as like the requirements of getting into investment making, it's the same. Yeah. Like the more time you have to do it, obviously the better job you're going to be able to do. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so it's just like time is the most valuable resource. And no matter where you are at in the timeline, the key is to figure out how can I maximize my efficiency and how can I get the most done in the amount of time that I have, right? If I'm already behind, I definitely need to get, 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 to get more done than other people because I'm trying to catch up. Right. But even if I'm not behind and I'm starting early, it's a race, right? Like out of the hundred people participating in this race, only one person is going to win. So how do you kind of accelerate your pace relative to what other people are doing? Right. Yep. Um, like if you could put rocket boosters on your car and no one else has that, then you're probably going to win, right? Yeah. And so 
that's kind of what we try to do for our clients at Wall Street Masterminds, like just give you that edge, give you that competitive advantage, help you do everything not only better, but help you do it faster than if you had to do a bunch of trial and error on your own or, you know, make a bunch of mistakes along the way and then start over and then do some more trial and error and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Like that's what takes a lot of time, right? And then that takes time away from you to be able to do well in school, maintain your GPA. Like you have a lot going on. You're a college student and you're trying to recruit, you're busy, right? Uh So anyway, that's, uh, you know, people, people, people don't, I think most of the time the mistake that people make is that they don't value their time enough. Definitely. Waste a lot of time, procrastinate, watch Netflix, whatever. Like you only have so much time. And when you're watching Netflix, your competitor is studying for their interviews or networking or doing something. And I'm like, guess who's going to win? So anyway, um, we've been talking for a long time already. I appreciate you taking the time to here. And yeah. uh, for the rest of you, um, hopefully you guys found this interview helpful. If you guys, you know, want to kind of get that extra help that you most likely do need, regardless of whether you realize it right now or not, uh, you know, the first step to do uh, for you would be to reach out, schedule that free uh, strategy session, right? It's a, it's a free consultation type call uh, up front just to kind of for us to learn more about your situation and your recruiting process and where you're at and what it is that you need to work with and also where your goals are and where you're trying to go. Right. And I'm, I'm honestly not even saying that, Hey, I can always help you. Sometimes we talk to students that we actually can't help and we'll tell them that we can't help them, you know, but even when we can't really help you, we still give you advice on what we think we would do if we were in your shoes, right. Based on our uh, experience and our expertise. And so, you're going to walk away with a ton of value and just clarity no matter what, right? And if we can help you, then great. Like if you're a great fit, the program would love to work with you, but uh, you know, there's no pressure, right? And so I would encourage you guys to reach out. You have nothing to lose, a lot to gain by taking the strategy session. If you want to book the strategy session, you can go to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Okay. And pick a time that works for you and then fill out the application. Now the wallstreetmastermind.com, the street is abbreviated to ST. Okay. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. Okay. So I encourage you guys to do that. And again, Shreemal, thank you for taking the time to be on this call, uh, on this call today with us and uh, keep me posted on how your internship goes and uh, looking forward to celebrating all of your success going forward. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, guys, Uh, that'll be it for today. And, uh, you know, we'll be back with more of these uh, over the coming weeks. All right. Talk soon. Bye.